0: Welcome back to My Steps to Sobriety, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Today's another fantastic day for an interview because today's interview is actually quite special. Yes, I know. I say that about every single one of these gorgeous guests that I bring on. But Brenton Kumarasamy is actually um, a special man because he focuses on one of the key survival skills in our life. You think, hmm, what's that? Making fire? No, talking, communication, because everything stands and falls with the way you present yourself and communicate, both in a verbal and non-verbal way, and it is of such utmost importance. And we we typically don't get taught that. So I thought for Survival Tuesday here, I bring on Brendan, uh, who is a master. Uh, in that, because he has he has taken a special interest over his life, and I can't wait to learn more and see if I cannot improve my communication in due course.
1: Brendan, thank you
0: so much for coming onto my show.
1: Of course, Stefan, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks so much for the kind words in the intro.
0: Oh, absolutely, please. It is it is amazing how often <laughs> I jeopardized, I torpedoed my life's goals by lousy communication. Either none at all, because I I didn't pay attention and and didn't reply to emails, or when I replied, I maybe had more emotions going that I really liked the anger, the resentment, and before I knew it, maybe something was on paper and the send button was <laughs> sending a rather toxic email out. I mean, we are we are so crap. I mean, I was okay. Maybe you guys out there, maybe you are masters like Brendan, forgive me, but I'm, I'm a dumbo. I'm, I'm an animal that was led by its emotions. Um, that was my type of communication. <laughs> so not so good. Brendan, in your experience, uh, are there more masters out there? Is Are people getting better or are most people that you are, that you're encountering, are they a bit like me? Um, more, more first mouth than brain kind of thing.
1: <laughs> you know, I hope, Stefan, that they're getting better. That's the hope, right, of the of the YouTube channel and what I'm working on. But yes, absolutely. I, I do believe that anyone could be an exceptional communicator. But you are right. You know, cross generations, overall communication has suffered. And the reason is because of one word. And that word is convenience. Let me give you an example. 30 years ago, if you wanted to date someone, you didn't really have a choice. You got to go up to somebody and say, you know, Julia, I'd love to take you out on a date. You have to actually talk to people. But today, it's not that the human beings have changed. Humans remain the same. But the level of convenience has changed where you can just send a quick text. You can make a swipe. So, yeah, that's the difference. Oh, very nice.
0: Very nice. That is actually very, very true. Um you had to work much harder for everything in your life in the past, Yeah, even you're quite right, 30 years ago, even one generation ago, things were very different. Uh, that's intriguing, I did not even consider that. Um, but then again, you could argue that maybe there were other problems in the generations before us, maybe the, the problems more of social standards, which did not allow you to talk to certain people or where you uh, had to give a certain appearance of being a man, a few words, and you know, all that bullshit. There's, so there, I think every generation has got its challenges um, as far as their life is concerned, and as far as their communications are concerned. And I think the communications, the way we talk to each other um, will be very much dependent upon, upon those imprints that are in our brain and therefore communication is a challenge if you think about it you're Brendan. you and i we talk to people who are anywhere between three years and 100 years they all have different appear uh different thoughts different ways they were brought up um so is communication therefore not such a difficult thing how the hell could you ever learn anything like that
1: Right, Stefan. I mean, you're absolutely right. That's the challenge, right? Is be, especially when we examine the differences in the three-year-old and the hundred-year-old, is the way that they communicate is different. But here is the principle that I feel works because I've coached both sides, maybe not three, but definitely five years old. And and the oldest is probably in their 70s, 80s. So what I've seen is that there's one principle that is consistent, and that principle is dreaming. So what do I mean by that? A lot of us dream about our vacations the expensive things we want to buy, the watches we want to get. When was the last time we dreamed about our communication skills? And the answer is never. Because a lot of us, when we focus on communication, we always focus on the negative, the stress, the fear, the anxiety. Oh, Stefan, I don't want to do this. Oh my God, I'm going to die. Whereas for me, I ask a very different question, whether it's a three-year-old or an 80-year-old. And the question is the same. How would your life change if you were an exceptional communicator? Let me repeat that one again. How would your life change if you were an exceptional communicator? When we realize that communication is so much more than giving a presentation at work, but rather every moment of our life, that's when we realize that communication is worth mastering mastering, and we get excited about it. Very nice. Very nice. And that's, I think, the key
0: to to being a better human to actually think wider and think who do I really want to become not what do I want to become who do I want to become and then have a dream and actually dream and then be very specific about this dream what would it be like to be that person and whatever it comes out it's typically good relationship and and being wealthy and so on and so on and you have to think, well, actually, what would it take for you to get there? So therefore, I like the way you you involve the dreams, um, and the communication needs to go along with that. So okay, fine. So you you've got that dream. You've got the dream of being a better human of of dreaming about uh, maybe. Thinking about
1: communication, but what now? Right, absolutely. That's the natural follow-up question, right? But let me re-emphasize the first one because it's so important. I'll tell you why, Stefan. A lot of people when they hear that, they just go, "Ah, oh, yeah, that's cute." That's a nice question. How how would your life change if you're a great communicator? But the people who actually spend 15 minutes reflecting on this, it completely changes their mindset around it. Because the biggest challenge, Stefan, in my opinion, and let's jump into the tactics, is simply this. It's not fear. A lot of people think it's fear. I believe it's motivation. Because if you don't have the motivation to do it, you won't push through the fear anyways. So it's important for us to get excited about the skill. And once that reflection is done, then we go to the next step, which is understanding the following. Communication is like juggling 18 balls at the same time. One of those balls is eye contact. Another one is smiling. Another one is facial expression, lighting, and the list goes on. So instead of overwhelming ourselves, the question, Stefan, is what are the first three balls that we should throw in the air that we should try and juggle? So let's go through one of them at a time so I don't monologue for 7 minutes here. So so let's so let's start with the first one besides dreaming. I call it the random word exercise. Pick a random word like tooth, like fairy, like sobriety, like staircase and create random presentations out of thin air. And what I always tell people is if you can make sense out of nonsense, you can make sense out of anything. So do that three to four times a day. And ideally, if you don't have a coach, do this with your family. Let's do an example here.
0: Um, I'm now looking at a pole, a pole that is holding my camera. So you're suggesting that I now uh, make up a presentation
1: about this pole. Absolutely. Would you like me to demonstrate? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So for those who are listening to this podcast, Stefan did not give me the word pull before this interview. So I'm literally doing off the cuff. So here I go right now. It's Saturday night. And you might guess where I am right now. No, I'm not at the strip club. Get those polls out of your mind. I'm at home. I'm at home studying. Asking myself deep questions about life. Who am I? What am I trying to achieve? And less esoterically, what are some of the things I need to get done next week? These are some of the questions that, I, that I'm thinking about when I'm working on. But you know what's interesting about the word pull, Stefan, is when we think of pull, we have a certain image in our mind. We think of those pulls and those strip clubs and how they, the people dance around when in reality... A pole could be as simple as a plumber working on a pole in a bathroom, or a pole can just be something that you look through a glass like a telescope, or even a pole might just be a plastic pole on the floor in our basement. And I've always found it interesting to see how one word can have such a vast number of interpretations in our life. So where is that pole in your life? What is a message right now that you're misinterpreting? That you think means something, but actually means something else. Because if you start to walk that pole and understand what it truly means, maybe you'll have the right understanding. And move in the right direction. So it's just a random word exercise, random presentation. <laughs> ah, beautifully done.
0: <laughs>
1: Beautiful. I never done poll before.
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> As an author, um, when I'm in active writing, there are days when I can't string two words together. And then I do an exercise called crazy writing, where I'm, I'm just right. Write just anything, anything—it doesn't matter. Bullshit. Often I start with bullshit, and suddenly um, your brain comes up with something. And some of my best writing I have done after a complete writer's block and doing some crazy writing. So this is these these exercises are, can be incredibly powerful because your brain has good answers. Um, often enough, we ask the completely wrong questions. <laughs> Why me? Why me? Well, guess what? Your brain will come up with about 20 reasons why you. So maybe not the right way to go. So I love it. I love that exercise. So we have got the dream and and uh, and maybe three, four times a day. Um now coming up with with intentionally living, I would actually call it what you just did. You're actually stopping your sitting back and taking something and let your mind work with it it's like it's like going to the gym I guess for your brain for mm. your dreamy brain I guess <laughs> I like that I like that a lot okay that's a cool cool first step to actually involve your brain and encourage it to cut to maybe look at the world in a different
1: way I like a lot Love it. Keep going, man. I'm, I'm all fire here. Absolutely, absolutely. I just didn't want to monologue for 10 minutes. That's why i like to pause <laughs> so you can react to it as well. So, yes, I call them my easy threes. So we went through the first ball together, which is the random word exercise. So now what's the second and the third one? Let's go to the second one. The second one is what I call question drills. We get asked all questions all the time, Stefan. All the time. On a podcast, at work, at school, over and over and over again, we get asked questions. But oftentimes we are reactive. We wait for the question to arrive and then we answer it versus guessing those questions. Hmm. Let me give you an example. When I started guessing as a as a host, like as a guest a few years ago on a podcast. And I was just getting started. I didn't really know the answer to most questions I was getting asked. And somebody asked me the most fascinating question. He said, Brendan, where does the fear of communication come from? And I looked at him in disbelief and said, I don't know, man. San Diego? Los Angeles? You tell me, man. I don't know. So I was lost, obviously, as you can probably guess. But that really helped me. Figure out. Oh, you want to say something? So your mouth. Open. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm. <laughs> I'm, I'm. waiting. I'm. 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 Oh. <laughs> I'm listening
0: <God. laughs> to you. And I loved it. I loved the way that you that you answered back. A honestly. Um, honesty is something that we often missing in our in our communications. So taking you as an example here, you were honest. You were answering with humor in a self depreciating way, but in a funny way. And it was perfect. It was perfect. So, therefore, you took completely the sting out of maybe an aggressive question there. And that was a lovely, that was a master stroke there, what you did. <laughs>
1: Sorry, very I, good. No, ups- I didn't mean to interrupt you there. <laughs> Not not at all. No, I'm, I'm super easy going. I forgot to mention that before the show. But but yes, you're, you're absolutely right, is because I'm clear about the outcome. So before I go into that tip, you actually brought up an interesting surprise here in that tip, which is why is my approach that way? Why did I use humor just there? Because I say the same joke every single podcast I'm on, every single one. I say that same joke over and over again. Why? Because my outcome, my only goal on this podcast, oh, there's only one is to convince people that they can be exceptional speakers. You know what the worst way to convince people is, Stefan By talking about how great I am. <laughs> oh, look at me. I did this. I did that. I'm doing the random word exercise. Look at me. I'm sure a lot of people felt that when I did poll. They said, oh, my God. Okay, Brandon is. But then when I start talking about the story about how stupid I was, which is genuine, when I got those first questions, their mind starts to shift subconsciously. Well, now it's conscious because I'm, I'm mentioning it out loud, which I usually don't. And then they go, if Brendan can do it, I can do it too. And that's really the goal, right? So I'm very clear about that outcome. So having said that, let's go into question drills. So how do we be more proactive? Very simple. All we have to do is spend five minutes. That's it. Not five hours. Five minutes a day. Answer and guess one question that you think the world will ask you about your expertise so for me it's communication so day one where does the fear of communication come from day two what about introverts how do we communicate better as an introvert day three what are some daily exercises every day for five minutes you do one question if you do that for a year Stefan you'll have answered 365 questions about your industry and you'll be unbeatable
0: <laughs> the principle of the five-minute gardener. How often do I talk about that by doing small bits, but in a consistent way? <laughs> Priceless. Absolutely. I had not thought about it in a communication style, but of course, why not apply it in simply that way? Oh, how right. beautiful! Okay.
1: A question for you, actually, because I'm curious: What's the five-minute gardener? Why Why is the analogy related to a gardener? I'd love to learn. There is actually there is a there's a book out there, uh, and then it's basically saying
0: um, if you were if you if you think about your own garden, and often enough it is by the time you got around after weeks it's a big mess and oh god uh, you don't know where to start. If you were just to dedicate five minutes in your daily life to your garden, never more, never less, just five minutes, as you said. And go into your garden every day, five minutes, pull some weeds, prune some a hedge, um, do whatever it needs, plant a new plant. Um, that's it, five minutes. Could you imagine that after a week, your garden starts to look maybe a little bit different, but probably only you recognize. After a month, do you think that everyone in your family says, wow, that looks really, really nice? And after a year, could you imagine that your garden is probably so outstanding, that you don't know what to do with all the vegetables that are coming out of your garden. Um, So it is that that principle of constant input, constant attention never going nuts, not the boom and bust of six hours pruning, doing everything, and then not doing anything for two months, because your back hurts you. Uh, No, it's that consistency that we do the showing up every day in our life, and looking at all the roles that we are doing. So if this was your garden, that's cool. What about if this was your relationship with your significant other? If you were to think five minutes, just five minutes a day that I now dedicate to that significant other, not taking him or her for granted, but actually going out there and being of service to her, honoring her or him, doing doing purely things that are for her. With that, I don't mean doing the dishes, unless that is really pissing her off that you're not doing the dishes, then thank God. Um, but no, I mean, this going out of your way, it doesn't need to be expensive, don't go out buying flowers. No, it is more maybe a little piece of paper with a heart on it and say, I love you. As simple as that and put it somewhere on your pillow. Um, Can you imagine that after a week, your relationship starts to change a bit? After a month, your relationship will be very different. That's the principle of the five-minute gardener. And that's what you're doing with communication. So therefore, that gels completely with what I I don't want to say preach that's a negative word um what I what I found very successful in my life
1: Mm.
0: and I think you've just opened my eyes I might actually just have to to include communication now into my daily five minutes somewhere along the line
1: (laughs) I love the Gardner analogy I've never heard that one before I'll definitely Mm. use that as well (laughs) Brendan keep going this is amazing what you're doing of course. Thanks, brother. So so that's the second one right? of the easy three. So let's recap. We've done the random word exercise. We've talked about the questions. What about the third one? The third one is so simple that nobody does it. Make a list of the five people that you love the most in your life. It's actually very similar to what you just said around the five-minute garden or the last piece around relationships. Make a list could be your mom, could be your brother, could be your significant other, could be a client if you're if you're a business owner, doesn't really matter. And look at the list of five people, not 50. And ask yourself a simple question. When was the last time I sent these five people a 20 second, not a 20 minute, a 20 second video message just to show them my appreciation, just to say Hey, Stefan, really appreciate the work that you're doing at My Steps to Sobriety. Keep up the incredible work that you're doing. Have yourself a wonderful week. Nothing crazy. Uh I don't remember your birthday. I don't remember what your favorite color is. Just something simple. Uh And the answer when we look at those five people, because these are not strangers, right? These are people that we really love. We'll realize the answer is zero. We've never sent them a video message. So a lot of people, you know, they get on podcasts and say, you got to post on social media. You got to get on social. That's not my perspective. Forget about social. What about the people around you? Why don't you start there? Because we have a problem, Stefan. The problem is we see communication like a chore. We think it's like doing the dishes. Ugh, I gotta do the dishes today. I gotta, I gotta do my garden, right? Oh my god! Instead of saying, wait a second, what is communication actually for? And communication is for impact. It's a tool for impact, and that exercise teaches you that valuable lesson. I had a CEO a few months ago. He manages like 40 employees. And I told him to do that. So he gave me an exercise. And I said, I don't care if it's the janitor or the VP, let's call him John. You're going to send a video message to all 40 of them, all of them, wishing them a happy holiday or something. And he didn't want to do it. Not because he hated his employees, but because he hated the way he looked on camera. And, I, and I'm a bit more intense with them. I said, look, I'm going to fire you if you don't do this by the end of the day. So he did it. Yeah. So, so after he sent it, the next day he woke up and he was shocked because all of the messages he received blew his mind. Oh, my God, I've never received a video message before. This means so much to me. Another person said, oh, my God, the CEO of the company is sending me this. And it made their day. And I encourage people to do this because it's not about how you look. It's about what you're willing to do for others.
0: Exactly. So true. And and I strongly, strongly believe in that. Treat the, the janitor at least as good as the CEO. And by just being, being positive and saying, good morning, something as simple as that can brighten someone's day. Acknowledging them out of the blue to, to go, if you're going past a cleaner, say, oh, thank you very much for making everything look so nice here. When did this person ever hear that? And can you imagine that this person that you made her day or his day? How beautiful is that? Ah uh, it's the, that's the principle of giving. That's the principle of servitude. Ah, uh, it's beautiful. and but I love it that you put it into a scheme that you're putting it because each of these points are very valid, but you're putting making a stepwise approach by it. So therefore, you're creating uh, a stepwise plan that allow other people to actually work on their skills. And by implementing one after the other, after the other, you're taking action. And that's that's what, what living a, a good life is all about, showing up and then taking action. Even if it is a small bed, you've taken action. Since you've taken action, often enough, your body says, well, that didn't hurt so much, did it? Let's do another bit of action <laughs> and so on. Brandon, perfect. I mean, that is, that is a beautiful thing. And I love the way you do the the, the, the communication with uh, modern media, i.e. you're actually bringing in the nonverbal communication through the video message. How important is nonverbal communication in this game?
1: Absolutely. And before I touch on that, Stefan, you you actually said something really fascinating, which is I find you're very good at reading between the lines because you're absolutely right in the sense that why is that step so easy? It's like people are listening to the show are going, oh, question drill. That's easy. One question a day, you know, random word exercise, super easy. The third piece, oh, video message, super easy. And it becomes like the five minute gardener exercise that you are talking about. So what's the message? The message here is simple. Have you booked 15 minutes in your calendar tomorrow to do this? Because the best way to speak, my friend, is to speak. And what most people are doing right now is they're just taking notes. They're going, oh, my God, the random word exercise. This Brendan guy, he really knows what he's talking. It's so good. Wow, the question drill Mind-blowing. Every question, every day, I'll be the best in my industry. Video message is brilliant. I never thought about sending a video message to my mom. But the problem is that the action just stops there, doesn't it? Exactly. <laughs> on to the next episode of my steps to sobriety exactly <laughs> so, true. so true so 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 here's the game yes nonverbal communication is important but it's not as important as taking action oh i love it Right. Absolutely. so be sure to to book that in because the people who actually do it are the people who win i i am still stefan Across all of my clients, all my family, I'm still the only person that I know besides me, one or two people who actually sends video messages consistently. So if you are that person, you will stand out, especially if you're a business owner. My God, it's just free income, people. Mm. Like you're just sending video messages to people. You're not selling people anything. You're just going, hey, happy birthday. I really appreciate it. It really makes people feel amazing about you. And that's how you get the results you're looking for in your life. Mm. So that's the piece I wanted to emphasize. Now to your question. Right. Nonverbal communication. It's important, but there's a couple of but it's not as complicated as as it meets the eye. So all we need to know about nonverbal is the following. Yeah. It's mostly in the face, mostly in the face. Sure. There's things about hand movements, things about moving around, but also generally speaking, Stefan, if you just stay in the same place and your hand movement is a little bit there, you're fine. It's mostly in the face. The Mm. biggest mistake people make with nonverbals is they don't smile when they're listening to someone. So usually you're actually doing this as well. But most of the time when people are listening, they usually listen without smiling. Right. But that's because they're paying attention. But the person speaking, they're looking at that individual and go, oh, this person must not like what I have to say. So it's the smiling that's the biggest piece that we got to fix.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. You're talking about my wife. You have met my wife, haven't you? Okay. So <laughs> she is exactly like that. And she gets this quite. I I I I feel confronted when she looks like me like that. <laughs> so, okay. So, how can we change that? How can we change <laughs> that
1: in people? It's funny because the way you're a- asking the question it's like, Brett, it's been 30 years. How do I? <laughs> how do I- <laughs> I've been scared of her for thirty I've years. addressed it.
0: I've addressed it. I've spoken so many times about it, but it's her her default, um, and she sort of really wants to pay attention. Actually, shows me respect, shows me attention. Um, it's that <laughs> to a point. What I do nowadays sometimes do when we need to talk about something serious, and I don't want to be triggered, I literally say, "Darling, I love you." Right. We need to talk. So <laughs> and I literally close my eyes so that I can't see that lack of uh of approval. Uh that not yeah, that all those emotions that maybe are scary triggered. face. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's it's weird. Um wow. how can you change
1: that if that is so deeply imprinted? It's it's tough. It's not it's not super easy, absolutely. So here's what I would say. I would say we start with the easy things first. Hmm. And generally speaking how I always like to start this is I like starting with the random word exercise. Hmm. That's always fun. So I have them I have people do this with their families, with the people around them. So I don't start with a smile when people are listening because you're right because it's not that they don't they aren't listening. That's why it's so important what you said there. It's really that's just the way that they focus. So I would start there. So they practice smiling in the random word exercise. So here's another way of thinking about this. Have them practice smiling in a context that is extremely low risk. Let me repeat that again. Have them practice smiling in a way that's extremely low risk. What do I mean by this? Let's say Let's say you and your wife. Okay, let's say I was coaching you two as an example. I would say something like, We're, don't worry about the conversation so much. How about you do the random word? Because it's fun. It's like a game, right? Like you got excited about it. So you're smiling and then she's smiling. And then what I would do if I was you is I would acknowledge her from time to time, not, o- not always, but from time to time I would go like, you, you have such a beautiful smile right and then you slowly ingrain it so that way when you go into restaurants and then they're smiling so every time they do it even a little bit you have to bring up the celebration you go like oh that's amazing i love that you're smiling this time cuz usually you don't do that when you're listening to me and then slowly as you nudge them after a few months uh-huh. it becomes automatic but it's not overnight for sure but you got a small you got to celebrate the small deltas and differences essentially i liked it a lot
0: i liked it a lot because what you're doing is you're actually working on the core beliefs, you're actually changing them in that person um, towards a very positive kind of way. And that's how we how we can completely change the world by actually focusing on what is important, the communication, thinking about breaking that down into small steps, and small exercises but having the end goal in mind being a better human okay that's nice but let's go a bit more specific okay you want to have a better relationship okay what does that mean for example for me it took me a better part of 25 years to figure out why she is triggering me so much and why we fight so easy even in in situations where essentially there is not so much stress we have got the ability to fight make something out of nothing ah oh, it's amazing and it is because i read her differently she reads me differently what she sees on my face what the communication that i give her is very different than what i would like her to understand but i mean that is sort of the the kind of the, the cross um How do you deal with that? I mean, that is, we are talking not just uh, an exercise here or there. I mean, this is deep, deep core beliefs. This is basically trauma laid down in childhood. Um, Some disapproving look or the lack of uh, being praised, uh, all, all those things that are considered to be traumas in children. My God, how do we deal
1: with that? in in the in the frame of communication absolutely fun that's why step one is to dream right (laughs) you know we talked about that earlier but that's what keeps it us excited to actually keep going this is why i'm a big fan of easy wins right i'm not the guy maybe another communication coach will do that on this show but my approach is always easy wins first because this is supposed to be fun, whereas the framing that most of us have in our minds around communication is negative. And the reason, by the way, really quickly, is because of the education system. That's why we learned how to speak. All of those presentations that we did when we were 10, 11, 12, 13 years old have three things in common. All those presentations are mandatory. We don't wake up one morning and say, hey, you want to get breakfast and present all day? Nobody says that. That's one. Number two, all of those presentations are different. You never get to pick the topic. It's never, what are you passionate about? Are you passionate about books? Are you passionate about aliens? I see some gnomes on your shelf. Are you passionate about that? Hmm. Right? That's not how it works. You got to talk about Shakespearean poetry, and then you got to move forward to the Renaissance. So you don't really get to pick. Third piece, every presentation, and this is the worst part, is all tied to a punishment. So if you don't do a great job, you get punished for it. Mm. And this is why we grow up believing that communication is a chore. It's like doing the dishes, and nobody wants to get better at doing the dishes. That's why Dreaming is super important. The last piece I'll say on this, especially since we're in the conversation around relationships now, I wouldn't start with the smiling piece. The easiest thing that couples can work on or just people in general is learning how to set boundaries with each other. And that's actually very easy to practice because the first step is always you writing very specific boundaries. Like instead of saying, I need alone time, say, I would like 45 minutes at the morning to spend time reading because it's important to me for whatever reason. And then start with the easiest boundaries first and celebrate them and move your way up in the difficulty chain.
0: I love your approach. Because your approach always focuses on the positive, whilst we typically all the voices that we are talking, or they're talking inside our head. Ninety-nine percent of them are probably negative, and are putting you down. So, therefore, you're actually, you're actually fostering a a different attitude, and maybe an attitude of gratitude, to a certain degree inside yourself. Now, I love that, because it's more fun to to dance whilst you're doing the dishes, <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> there was Mrs. Doubtfire, Robin Williams, maybe may he last in peace, when he was d- d- cleaning the house as Mrs. Doubtfire, rocking music on, going all out and cleaning away, having a good time. That's really maybe how we should look at, at certain things in our life far more frequently. Uh, then, then oh, no, I have to do it again. Uh, but it's up to you to make that difference, and it's up to you to take that action. Because you can choose to be miserable, or you can choose to be to be positive. And uh, coming back to the smile, something that Tony Robbins actually does as a as an example, and he talks about power stances and about power power moves. And he says, you know, when when you want to be sad, then you have to work on it. You have to really work hard. So, okay, let's be sad. So your head needs to come down a bit. You need to breathe shallow. You need to be, so your face needs to sort of droop a little bit. So there's all conscious things that need to happen, okay? What we do is let's, let's do the opposite. Let's say you are a bit sad. know, you're standing up. I, I like I like it a bit like, power pose, you know, so masculine, <laughs> I want a man, but I want to be a stupid man, so I look up at the sky, and I smile, like I'm only mad man, <laughs> you look up, there smile, see, I do it automatically, you look up, and I have to laugh now, so by taking that position, looking up, doing something really stupid, laughing, it's really hard to be depressed, it's really hard to be down. So I think there is a there's a lot to be said, you can change the way you think you can change, you can learn techniques, how to put yourself in a different frame of mind. So therefore, why not also turn or learn techniques uh, from you, Brandon, which make communication fun. It is we can change. We just haven't been taught how to do it. We haven't had the insights yet. And that's, that's where your power comes in as a communicator, as someone who is actually putting the time aside to, to develop that skill in himself and then teach the principles to others. And that's the amazing thing. So it doesn't need to be an absolute mad, crazy mission that you're going on lifelong, but it can actually be a fun exercise that you can add in and that you can play with. When was the last time we played and i play often at work exactly i play often at work with these kind of things i uh it's just there numerous examples that that i could say but in an, in a nutshell um we are quite politically incorrect, because that is the, that is how I can get smiles out of my team. Um, I'm often putting myself down, so the depreciating humor. Uh, So coming down from your leadership position towards a more relatable kind of person, but actually always making a bit of fun when it is true. That can be such a powerful thing. So beautiful. So we have got to walk us again for the the first three steps that you have done. So we have.
1: So the random word exercise is the first one. The second one is the question drill. And the third one was the video messages. But the point that you drew, Stefan, that I'd love to emphasize is you said it so well is that we lose the creativity along the way. There's a great movie called Yes Man, and there's a quote in the movie. And the movie is, the world is our playground. We seem to know it as kids, but somewhere along the way, we forget it. Mm -hmm. You know what I find interesting about the random word exercise, Stefan? Is when I show this to a five-year-old, they don't really ask me what the framework is. They don't ask me what the format is. They don't ask me how much, what the time limit is, what the rules are. (laughs) They just look at you and go, banana, Uh, banana is a banana. And and they just do it. And they're a lot better. Whereas the adults, they go, so Brendan, how do I uh, meticulously calculate this to achieve the objective of your exercise? And I go, just do it. Like, (laughs) how about you just do it? Oh, Brendan, how did you create pull? Do you go to strip clubs? Did you uh, measure that uh, Saturday? N- no, I just did it because I thought it was, I thought it'd be funny. Right. So, so that's the key is a lot of us have forgotten to have fun in life, mm. not just in communication. Cause my coach tells me this all the time, the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. So. Not just for communication, but how do we bring more fun back in all of the skills that we acquire in our lives so that we can keep it more sustainable, more consistent? Going back to the five-minute gardener example you gave, if you don't actually like working on the garden, yeah, you probably won't stay consistent, Ed. So find something worth doing, whether it's communication in the context of today's conversation, or rather find a reason that is so great that it's worth doing. Let me give you a personal one. Why did I get really good at communication? A lot of it is for my mom. Me and my mom used to fight all the time, Stefan, all the time. And the reason is because we grew up very differently. She was born in Sri Lanka, third world country, right? Came to Canada, 30 years old, sorry. Didn't know what snow was. And I was born in Canada, first world country, mostly westernized values. We'd clash all the time. I remember once when I was 12, my mom would come up to me and go, You can't eat at your friend's house. What do you mean, mom? Why can't I eat at my friend's house? It makes no sense. But then one day, I asked myself this question that very few 15-year-old boys did. And the question was, what do I actually want the relationship with my mom to look like? And then I said, you know what? We probably shouldn't fight. So I asked her one question that no 15-year-old boy asked their mother, which is, why? Why, mother, Do you think I shouldn't go eat at my friend's house? Why do you think it's wrong? And then she spent 20 minutes explaining how in in her home country, there was a huge civil war. They wouldn't trust each other. All their doors were closed because people were fighting all the time. And then I go, ah, now it all makes sense. So after I listened to her for 20 minutes, I just said, thanks for sharing that, mom. We don't live there anymore. And you know what happened? I got to eat at my friend's house the next day. That's the point is we don't take ownership for what we want in life. I've not argued with my mother in over a decade. We still live together. I don't remember the last time we fought. And that's the key. What is the relationship vision that we want for our lives? Or rather, broadly speaking, what is something that we actually want in life in general? And how does communication play a role in that goal? Because at the end of the day, Stefan, communication, I've always believed, is an accelerator of dreams. Anything we could possibly desire in life, communication helps us get there faster, and that's the key.
0: <laughs> Beautiful. It is like the the fuel that you can put on 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 the fire. Uh, you're quite right. Um, being effective in it can be can be very 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 powerful. And to be effective, I mean, you you gave us those uh, those starting points uh, to work with that are very easy, and therefore it is it is uh, they may be too easy let's put it like that um these are things, you would think isn't it exactly now we always want no give me the the wisdom the the secrets maybe actually say yeah well it's actually consistent action and actually it is action you don't even need to say consistent it is taking action uh, if you like it or not people say what that's it <laughs> yes that's it it's as simple as that taking action even if you don't feel like it. showing up is 80% of the success and I loved it how you compared the five-year-old banana story with the analysis paralysis that uh, that the the grown-up has. There is this fear of failure. There is this fear. Oh my God, I make a fool out of myself. Uh, oh my God, I'm I'm uh, going off um, a tangent, and I might make might I might make a mistake, and this is such an, a stupid thing. It is, we will make mistakes, and it's the mistakes that help us to grow. It is so beautiful to make a mistake, if you let yourself. Um, if you, but that again comes back to living intentionally, to actually say, okay, um, here's an opportunity, whatever that may be. Um, that might be you try out a new joke in in a relationship, and either your partner loves uh, loves his or her her head off, um, or you get this kind of hairy eyeball, (laughs) and that's okay, that's okay, Um, but you've tried, you've tried one way or the other, Um, your life has changed, you've taken action, and it was as simple as something you said, and that taking action, okay, whatever is the outcome was, it probably feels quite good. It's very rare that taking action actually leads to repercussions in the way that your brain was catastrophizing and thinking, oh, my God, how if they now misunderstand that email? Oh, my God. No, no, that's typically not what happens. Um, If you learn how to maybe read people, and maybe communicate in different ways. I mean, we you've given us the the the, the starting points. I guess we need to realize that there are certain people who have got certain styles, or certain habits, certain attributes. Um, some people are very thinkers, some very. And they don't want to know, oh, my cat, she's so cute and fluffy. They want to have an analysis. And your recommendations, what to do. Whilst if you come to someone who really has got on their desk the the, the picture of the grandchildren and the fluffy cat, and that you might actually rather want to talk first about uh, interpersonal thing. How are you? How do you feel? Um, before you then say, okay, here are the things that we need to address. How do you how do you teach that? What kind of frameworks? do you help others to put in place to to be master communicators to the in the appropriate style of communication
1: right great question so here's what i would say stefan there's two kind of parts to style one is finding our own style of communication and the other part of it is adapting our communication to other people's style. So let's tackle both angles. So what's the first one? First one's actually simple because it goes back to every the, the key word of today, action, action, action. As we speak more and as we listen to more speakers in general, we start to develop different models. And that helps us find our style. It's not something we get on day one. And it's something we never actually find out in full. It's something we constantly develop for the rest of our lives. Let me give you an example with me. I've studied, I mean, at this point, hundreds of speakers, if not thousands. I just won't say thousands. I'll say hundreds. But out of them, there's three main ones that most of my communication style is based on. And those three people for me, excuse me, are Gary Vaynerchuk, Scott Harrison, and Seth Godin. Gary Vaynerchuk's in-your-face aggression, but tough love approach to life. I share that a lot, but in my sport, in communication. Seth Godin's very deep thoughts. He's very good at going very deep and detailed into a subject and opening every single page in a book until he knows everything. So I want to bring that. And Scott Harrison, who's the CEO of Charity Water, it's a nonprofit he started. His perspective is really high-stakes communication because whenever he presents on a stage, people's lives are on the line because if he screws up, millions of people glow without clean water because he's raising money. So how do I take every presentation, every keynote as seriously as if people are going to die if I don't perform at my best? That's what I got from Scott. So I'm the combination of all of those three people. Mm. But for everyone else, it's going to be a different model, but you need to do your homework to figure it out. And more importantly, you need to practice. You actually need to get out there and put in the work Mm. or else you'll never find the style. On the other hand, How do you adapt your style to other people? Let me give you a simple example, Stefan. I've always believed that the best communicators on the planet are chameleons. And for those who know, a chameleon is someone who changes colors based on their environment to adapt to where they are and who they're being. And the reason I say we're chameleons is, and I don't see this as manipulation. I don't see this as conning people. I see this as having the empathy to make other human beings comfortable in our presence. So I'll give you an easy one. Sometimes when I'm on a podcast, when I'm on a show, I'll get two main types of hosts. Usually there's many different styles, but two mains. One is the super extrovert. What's up, Brendan? How are you doing? Super excited to have you. And that's my natural communication style. Because I actually talk like this. This is my normal speaking tone. So I'm super loud. I'm always in their face. But then I get the other spectrum. You're more in the middle, Stefan. But then you have like the other spectrum, which is Paula. And Paula's really shy. Hey, Brendan, it's great to have you on the show. I'm not going to yell at Paula. I'm going to say, Paula, is this your first episode? Yeah, you know, I'm really nervous, but I was really looking forward to interview. (laughs) Absolutely, Paula. I'm so excited to do this interview. I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait. So notice how my vocal tone changed. Uh It's literally day and night to the person I'm speaking with. Absolutely. We need to do that more in our society, mm. not because it's about being inauthentic, because it makes people feel more comfortable and it creates a safe space for them to say, I trust this person. Now I'm willing to have the conversation.
0: So true. And I loved it how you distinguished manipulation of people's minds versus um, showing them respect and empathy. I loved that because ultimately, you could look at both things in exactly the same way. Um, you're manipulating your own behavior. And in turn, you're manipulating others. Now, that is that is maybe a negative worldview, rather than anything else. Um, you could now don't even give other examples. That is beautifully said. Uh, in enough said about that, I think what we need to do is we need to respect others. And we need to respect their styles of communication, we need to respect their belief systems. And therefore, if if you speak to someone from two generations back, you probably want to speak in a different way, you probably will use different words, you will probably not use colloquialisms as much, or you will probably not maybe swear as much unless that that was that is part of their, their growing up and their them defining themselves as human beings so we if we accept that that it is normal to talk to a different generation in a different way then maybe we can break that down also into a different uh, style of people into the promoter into the analyst into the more heartfelt person they all have different needs that need to be fulfilled in communication And therefore, don't look at it like you're putting masks on or you're, um, you know, putting, framing it in a negative way. No, you are acknowledging them for who they are in their journey on deserve. Um, Right now they are in that, in that baseline, the baseline of someone who is more thinking about feelings and expressing in feelings, rather than in hard analysis. So there's the baseline. And then when you when you learn the baselines of different people, you then can see how they respond under stress. And they will have different responses there. And then what happens when they're in distress? And they will have different responses there. So you've got a baseline stress, distress. If you start looking at the world and people in front of you in that level, then you can actually choose your communication far more effectively to come back to the end goal that you have the end goal, um, you need to be quite clear about why do you have this this communication? Are you there to help this person? Are you there to listen, which we should probably do far more often than than actually talk? Um, <laughs> or is it that you need to tell maybe some negative news? Um, maybe uh, talk about this person not not being <sighs> true to their shall I say that, uh, that they are, they, are, that they have done crap at work, um, and that they're consistently late, and that they've turned up twice drunk. Um, how do you deal with that as a boss? So this kind of messaging will be very different than you actually finding out, hey, uh, how are you doing? So
1: mm.
0: what do you think about such a framework? And where, how can you, can we, can we become better humans? When as far as communication and this style is concerned.
1: Absolutely, Stefan. Here's my POV on this point of view, is the way we become better humans is by starting with the people we care about the most. Because at the end of the day, especially now the granularity we're entering now in this conversation, we can feel how much work this is starting to get now. Now it's like, oof, now I got to adapt my energy. I got to do this. I got to do that. So we need to start with the people that we actually are, is worth the effort first. So I'll give you an example. The easy Before we go that you're talking about correct? Cuz if you go straight to the world, you'll just give up. Cuz I cuz cuz I don't speak on on your behalf, but I definitely didn't start with the world. Definitely not. Like I started with few people I'm super cutthroat competitive. Then I started coaching people who I thought would win competitions. because That's how I, I learned how to speak. And then it, it expanded a little bit more to work. And then I said, oh, I have a mission. And then it became a lot more people. And now I'm more spiritual, more philosophical. And now it's the whole world. But I didn't start there by any means. <laughs> right? I'm not like some yogi. Was, I still don't consider myself one. I still need a lot, a lot more spiritual work. But I think the the key is is that we need to start where the incentive is the highest. I'll I'll give you an example, like ranking love languages. This is something I don't see a lot of people do. So for example, with the relationships that you care about the most, we all know Gary Chapman's love language, languages, let me just repeat them for the person's conversation, physical touch, gifts, words of affirmation, acts of service, and quality time. So these are the ways that we can give and receive love. So spending more time with people, giving them gifts, uh, telling them they're great, uh, spending more time with them, or, you know, et cetera, or just touching, hugging them. But what a lot of people don't do is, A, they don't ask their their closest people, what are your love languages? Because that creates so much clarity. Right. Because it leads to a lot of miscommunication around one significant other buying a three thousand dollar ring for another and the other person looking at that three thousand dollar ring going, I don't care. You don't like, don't go to picnic with me. And then the other guy's like really frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> but but the other piece is is learning how to rank love languages. This is something I don't see a lot of people doing, which is you sit down with a relationship that you care about and you have them rank them in their order of importance. So, this type of communication requires a lot of upfront work. That's why my perspective is all of these little nuances, these conversations start with one person because Ali Gadet says it so well, and it's worth repeating on the show, which is if you help one person, the world will give you permission to help everyone else. So, you need to start with the one. Set the boundaries with the one, practice with one, do all of the great nuances we talked with one person, then go to two, then go to four. And then when you become a ninja, which I argue is me and you, now me and you can have these very high level conversations, have very high EQ and have these types of exchanges, but – boy, I did not have the emotional maturity to hold something like this five years ago. I'd be like, I would have sounded like, what's up, dude? Like I just wouldn't have, (laughs) I wouldn't have been able to land there. So I think we all have our own journey.
0: (laughs) Brendan, you're amazing. But it's so important that we come back to the basics because here I am um, having thought about communication quite a bit over the the many years that I, I have been a doctor and where... I even got some some coaching, how to deal with patients, uh, difficult patients, um how to deal with difficult trainees, etc. So leadership. So I've done quite a number of communication courses. Um, oh, yeah, but ultimately, so that is that is one part of the brain that learns that. But then when I actually come back to the basics, as you said, the five people that matter most in my life, am I actually good in reading them? Not at all. Am I actually good in communicating with them? Now that I ask myself the hard question, I have to say, not at all. Um, So it's always the same thing uh, in my life. I'm always very good as far as other people are concerned when it comes to myself and my own intimate circle. Catastrophe. And therefore, today, I needed your... I needed to have this interview. Somehow the universe... Said now, Stefan, you need to get Brandon on, because you have actually made me realize so many things today, where I'm expanding now, where I have grown tremendously. Within an hour, just talking to you, um, thank you. Brother. Because you made me no, you made me realize um, where I'm my shortfalls. You made me realize certain things, certain simple actions that I can take right now. That are not difficult, but that I have simply not thought about. Or if they were sort of budding as a thought, then other thoughts were just washing over them. Um, I didn't spend the time to think what is most important. And that is the people around me, which I took for granted, I take for granted, not just past, present. And you have actually given me powerful tools to change that. And for that, I'm very, very grateful. I must say, um, I appreciate that. No, Brandon, you're an amazing man. I mean, you're you're you have got a, a beautiful, positive outlook on life and on communication. You make communication fun. <laughs> I think.
1: <laughs> well, I try many people to. Can say that.
0: <laughs> okay. I try to. <laughs> Brandon, if if people want to know more about
1: you, um, if they want to work with you, how can they do that? Well, first of all, Stefan, it was such a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you so much for having me. This is so good. So, two ways to keep in touch. The first one is the Master Talk YouTube channel. Just go on YouTube, type Master Talk in one word, and you will have access to hundreds of free videos on how to communicate ideas. And the second way to keep in touch is I do a free training over Zoom every three weeks on communication. It's a ninety-minute training. It's live. It's interactive. It's not some boring webinar. And if you want access to that, all you have to do is visit Rockstar communicator.com. Okay, beautiful. Guys,
0: look down there into the description of the YouTube video and of the podcast. All his information are down there. Brendan, you're an amazing man. Um, I am very, very grateful that our paths have crossed. And I can't wait to see where you are or who you are developing into uh, over the next years because you're on a journey you are you are a very different man now than you were five years ago, as you quite rightly said. Uh, Oh, yeah. The question is, who do you going to be in five months, five years? And we often um, I need to think overestimate and underestimate. Um, We overestimate what we can achieve in five months, but we underestimate what we can achieve achieve in five years. So just those five minutes, I think can be so powerful. And then I invite all of you guys to just invest five minutes in your communication, which is basically one key survival skill for you in your life, regardless who you are, what skin color, what gender, where you are in this world, communication is all and it can either bring you towards the goal of being the human that you deserve to be, or it can bring you further away from it. It's your choice. It is a choice. It's a privilege that you have got to make a choice. So therefore, you know, uh, thank you so much for for being here with us, with Brendan Kamarasamy and me. You have got the choice, for example, right now to click the like and subscribe button down there, because I've got some amazing, amazing guests here, as you have just witnessed. Uh, you have got the, the, the privilege, the choice of going out there and say, hey, you know, Brendan seems to be quite a cool guy. Um, why not get in touch? So, you know, these are all choices. These are all beautiful things that you guys can do to make your life better. So I invite you, come along on the journey where Brendan and I are on. We are just a little bit further down the path than you are, um, but it's still a, a journey. We love it. Uh, we try to have fun, as you see here. So, you know, guys, what could possibly go wrong? Take action. Come along, and we'll take you from there. So, Brendan Kumarasamy, again, thank you so much. And you guys out there, look after yourself and live with passion. Bye.